Hello, Hyrock. Welcome to our daily devotional. We're continuing with our walk through the book of Exodus, and today we are in Exodus 23, verses 14 and following, where um, God instructs uh, the people through Moses about the three great festivals, the three pilgrimage pilgrimage feasts. So Exodus 23, 14, verse 14 and following, where we read this. Each year you must celebrate three festivals in my honor. First, celebrate the feast, the festival of unleavened bread. For seven days, the bread you eat must be made without yeast, just as I commanded you. Celebrate this festival annually at the appointed time in early spring in the month of Abib, for that is the anniversary of your departure from Egypt. No one may appear before me without an offering. Second, celebrate the festival of harvest when you bring to me the first crops of your harvest. Finally, celebrate the festival of the final harvest at the end of the harvest season when you have harvested all the crops from your fields. At these three times each year, every man in Israel must appear before the sovereign, the Lord. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, as many people might realize, there are actually seven festivals, but three of them are mentioned here. Um, and because these are the three pilgrimage feasts that if you were a man in Israel, you were supposed to um, come down to Jerusalem in order to celebrate these feasts. But each of these feasts ended up incorporating the smaller feasts into them. So you have uh, the three feasts, uh, the first feast being the springtime feast being unleavened bread, uh, which is unleavened, which includes then the festival unleavened bread, Passover and first fruits. Those all fall within that week. Excuse me. <clears throat> And then the second festival of, of Shavuot or weeks, uh, later called Pentecost, because it comes 50 days after Passover. And that's the uh, second harvest, the grain harvest. So the first harvest is the barley harvest. Second one is the grain harvest. And then the third festival, um, the tabernacles in the fall, comes with the final harvest, uh, which is generally the, the tree harvest. So the citrons and, and other tree crops that would uh, come to bear. And so these three great festivals are all centered around specific things that happen in Israel's history, but they're also centered around uh, great harvests. I think one thing right away is that here's Israel sitting in the desert, um, having left the bounty of Egypt, now sitting in the desert. I imagine these three great festivals centered around harvest uh, seemed to them like an incredible bounty that was awaiting them. So it was something worthy of celebrating. But secondly, I think it incorporates, it, it demonstrates a kind of history of God with the people. So originally, the civil calendar, um, you know, we know Rosh Hashanah, right? Like that's the that's the civil new year. So that was their calendar. But God, in essence, changes their calendar here, here so that Passover, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, comes first. And this marks the beginning of Israel as a people. They're brought out of Egypt. They're remembering their days in Egypt when they had to... Uh, leave the leaven behind. They had to make their bread without yeast and they had to uh, leave through the sacrifice of lambs and leave Egypt. And so they're remembering the, the origin of, of their people. We have that feast of unleavened bread. And then you have the feast of weeks when um, they're in the desert and they go to Mount Sinai. Uh, the, uh, traditionally, this uh, recognizes the time when they're at Mount Sinai, which we've just covered, and God's giving them the law. Um, and the parallel is, uh, or that later is called Pentecost because it comes 50 days later. And the parallel in the New Testament, um, we see that uh, the Spirit is given on that festival of Pentecost. And Jesus's life and death and resurrection corresponds to that first festival. So there's a, a New Testament parallel with the life of Israel. And then we have the third feast, this feast of kind of ingathering, this final harvest called the Feast of Tabernacles and um 
there to uh, be in, in booths or these temporary dwellings, dwelling with God. And largely, uh, or in a larger fashion, you're talking about the Feast of uh, Atonement, the, the New Year, Rosh Hashanah, and the Feast of Booths, where you're celebrating dwelling with God. And so you see, it in a way, in the if you look at the New Testament parallels to the history of Israel, we have the coming of Christ is the first feast, the giving of the Spirit is the second feast, and another parallel there is um, at the giving of the law, 3,000 people died. At the giving of the Spirit, 3,000 people were given eternal life. And so there's that uh, inverse parallel there. And then the third feast is looking forward to something that has not yet been fulfilled. These are feasts that will be fulfilled in the coming of Christ, the, uh, the final judgment and the uh, welcoming of everyone to dwell with God. And so this is kind of like God has rearranged their civil calendar in a way that's going to now be a map of uh, the history of Israel, but also a map of God's work in through uh, Christ, the spirit and, and into the future. So I, I see, you know, we uh, we did a series on this a number of years ago where we uh, talked through all these seven feasts. And I just love how uh, God, through this celebration, packs so much meaning that would over time throughout history, over a span of thousands of years, would be invested with more and more meaning. They would be able to look back and see from these very small beginnings how God was actually in, in just the, the uh, organization of their calendar was working out salvation history. And uh, part, we're now part of that calendar too, looking forward to the ultimate fulfillment of that. And so, uh, Dave, I'm wondering what you see in this passage and if anything strikes you. You know, I see a few things. I, first of all, I'm struck uh, by the, your distinction by, between the civil calendar and now this sort of spiritual calendar. Um, and of course, interestingly, in my own lifetime, I feel like I've seen the undoing of that. Right. Where it used to be that, you know, even because I didn't grow up, somebody who's particularly interested in, in faith. Uh, we are not super engaged in, in the kind of the life. I had no idea what the Christian calendar was. Right. I, I just didn't know any of these things. Um, but I understood that the whole idea of, of Advent and Christmas, uh, you know, Easter, uh, I, like all of that kind of played in very heavily. Uh, there was something that just was built into our culture, these spiritual rhythms that were actually really healthy for us spiritually uh but over time right nowadays the you know it's hard to celebrate pentecost because it happens to be right around the same time as memorial day so everybody's away for the weekend um and you know it's hard to celebrate easter because it happens to be right during spring break so everybody goes away um and and christmas has really largely become commercialized and so i think in a lot of ways in our, our own day, we've seen that the way that the civil calendar is actually now edging out, and, and then maybe the commercial realities uh, are edging out some of the spiritual realities. And and then, you know, one of the things that at High Rock is that we've kind of been a little bit resistant to celebrating the Hallmark holidays, uh, you know, and those are the things that were really in, holidays invented in order to help Hallmark and, and you know, it's basically they were commercial uh, holidays. Uh, the reason Thanksgiving was moved actually was for commercial purposes uh, the reason that um, even though Thanksgiving is clearly really built on the spirit of these harvest festivals, uh, it, it, the date was changed during the Roosevelt administration in order to better accommodate the commercial interests. Uh, then things like um, Valentine's Day, Mother's Day, Father's Day. Of course, we love mothers and fathers. You know, I, I am a father. I, and yet it's a funny thing how uh, if we skip Pentecost one year, Nobody really says anything. Nobody cares. If we skip Mother's Day, whoa, do we get some angry emails, 
because that actually has become more sacred than than our spiritual history, uh, our spiritual kind of identity as God's people. And so I just think that there's been this interestingly interesting secularizing force that is actually even, I think, now uh, coercing some of the churches. Uh, I, I understood when I was a young Christian, right, kind of in, in college, that you don't sing Christmas carols during Advent, right? Advent was its own thing. And then Christmas season came after Christmas. That's when you get to sing all these carols. It's wonderful. Uh, but nowadays, everybody sings Christmas carols as soon as Thanksgiving passes. Uh, we have no clue what Advent is. And December 26th, it's all over. You know what I mean? Because the shopping is done. The buying is done. The giving is once it's all, the stuff is over. But I think that we have gotten, become so much poorer for that. And I look at these festivals, and in fact, I think the way that, as you talk about the corresponding festivals uh, in, in sort of after Christ, uh, I think the way that these festivals are arranged I really have two functions. The first is to help people regularly remember their history, right? And each of them, it's not just, hey, let's have a party and let's celebrate. Okay, so that's pleasant at the moment. But it's actually, the, we want to connect you to your history, these incredibly formative events that happen because, and that's the second purpose of these things is that history is the foundation of your identity. And, and I think that we have lost that sense, right? Advent is this season where we're reminded that we're waiting. Hey, this world is not our home. You know why it feels like you don't quite fit in this place and, and the world isn't quite the way it ought to be? It's because you don't quite fit here and the world is not as it ought to be. We're waiting. That's the spirit of Advent, right? This kind of longing or, and, and a refusal to be satisfied with whatever I can get on earth. And then, uh, you know, during the Christmas season, remember the, kind of the love of God for us and coming to us. And during uh, the Easter season, we, we, we had Lent, right? The spirit time of repentance and self-reflection. And then Easter, or well, really Good Friday, right? The the the, uh, the the sacrificial love of God. Easter, the triumphant power of God. Pentecost, God's Spirit poured out on us. And and each of these movements actually keep telling us who we are. And and we just because we're always forgetting who we are, we need these regular reminders. And I think God, you know, worked this into the annual calendar, and of course then into the weekly uh, calendar, so that we can really embrace these things and by forgetting these festivals we've forgotten ourselves that's i think what's happened in our day right now you know as with iphones i think the effect of it is to make us so engrossed in the present right i know everything that happened in the world in the last 24 hours right something awful happened in morocco and something you know awful is happening and there's a big storm coming in the caribbean and i know all of these things Right, everything I know, everything that happened in the last 24 hours, and I know nothing of what happened, you know, a hundred years ago. Uh, like for most people, much less 2,000 years ago, that these formative events where God told us who we are, and so I, I, that's where I, I think as God is giving this command, it, it's not just this random. Like God's not some random party planner, right? That's not why God's doing this. God's doing this because He understands that spiritually, in order to thrive as humans, we need these regular touchstones to remember who we are. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's easy. I think uh, kind of a modern heresy is just this idea that we're 
we, we're, we're so cognitive and cerebral and we forget, I think this is being reversed now, but we forget how much of a bodily creature we are and how much even just the, the way we have rhythms in life and the marking of time, how much it influences us. Uh, I think like right now, I think for many of us, this is really the beginning of the year. It's the beginning of our ministry season. It's the beginning of the school year. And so whether or not you know, January 1st is a new year. I think most of us really kind of fall into the rhythm that this is actually the beginning of the year for us because that's kind of the dominant part of our lives. I, I think about how moving out here uh, from the Chicago area, uh, immediately notice, especially with kids, like how often kids' sports programs were on Sunday mornings and it made it really difficult, especially as a pastor's family, it was made it really difficult, but a lot of people in our church had difficulty with that. And I've seen several efforts over time um, oftentimes in uh, uh, calendaring programs to move Monday to be the first day of the week, which to me, even if I wasn't a Christian, just to make work the, the center of the week and the organizing principle of, the, of my life, just I, I want to resist that. I want to push back against that. I think very much how we mark time, how we mark the year does have a powerful influence on how we see ourselves, or as you said, you know, our identity, how we see our place in the world, who we are. And, you know, there's a very, very common saying in Judaism that more than the Jews have kept the Sabbath, the Sabbath has kept the Jews. And they're, they're saying it's the practicing of the Sabbath that has kept people spiritually healthy. But as we forget the Sabbath, as we forget these practices and not just the Sabbath, all these other things, we actually forget who we are. And so I think that we, we get the idea that, okay, we're accomplishing more, we're doing more things, but we're becoming less. I think that's what's happened to us is we, we've become genuinely superficial and so much of our substance and depth is gone because we don't know who we are. And that's why I think that these, the Christian calendar and this, you know, this calendar that God had given, which of course is the foundation of the Christian calendar is, is such a gift to us. Hmm. Uh, Dave, I'm wondering if you'd close this in prayer. Of course. God, I'm thankful for your commandments. I'm thankful that you know us better than we know ourselves. I'm thankful that through your word and through your spirit, through this community of faith, the church, God, you invite us to get to know ourselves better. God, I invite you to, to call us back into these natural rhythms in which we can be reminded of who you are and who we are and why we're here. God, I, I pray that we would have something deeper carved into us and that there would be space for your spirit to flow in us and then to flow out of us. God, I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks, Dave. And thanks everyone for joining us. I hope you're able to join us again tomorrow. Go in peace.